week long, munching that cock dust to dawn. Counting the days to Friday night, that's when all the conditions are right for a good time. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from the Waterstone Studio here in Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show. I just got back from my annual camping trip that I take every single year with my friends, and we go real camping. Camping in the tents, not in campers. We're not in RVs. We're actually camping. We we get on a paddle boat, put our gear on the boat, and paddle about, I say, about a mile and a half to our campsite, and then we set up uh, camp there. It was a lot of fun. There was about six of us that went. We stayed for a weekend. You absolutely have no technology, so you have no cell phone. You have no access to uh, any social media, no text messages, phone calls, so you go off the grid for about two days. I'm somebody who likes to relax. I do like to get away. I do like to kind of tune the world off for a while, but only for a while. When it gets to two days, that's that's pushing it. I think two days is really enough. I remember one time we went for four days out there, and four days, you don't think that that sounds like a lot. You don't realize how much you use your cell phone and how much we rely on our cell phone until it's taken away. Four days was a lot. So two days was the perfect amount of time to get off the grid, to turn the cell phone off, to not worry about the outside world. Camping at the place that we did camp at, it was at Cave Run Lake in Moorhead, Kentucky. Camping at the place that we camp at, it's a discreet location. I don't want to tell nobody where it's at because I don't want you to steal the spot because it is the perfect spot. You're right on the water. You can wake up every day looking at the lake. It's quiet. Nobody bothers you. Nobody comes around. But the only downfall to that place is you do feel really, really vulnerable out there, especially if you don't have any guns. Luckily, my friends, two of them, took guns with them, but I had no gun. And when you have no weapon, nothing to defend yourself out there at that campsite, you really do feel vulnerable. Even if I would have had a knife, I would have felt better. But if anything would have approached us, on that camp spot where we were at, I was helpless. I didn't have anything to defend myself. I had no knife. I had no gun. And I started really thinking about that as the night progressed and I started hearing noises like in the woods. I started hearing noises that sounded like Sasquatch or noises that sounded like coyotes, noises that sounded like wolves. And you start hearing this stuff and you're like, God, if a bear came to this campsite, what am I going to do? The only thing I could do is play dead. If a if a wolf came, the only thing I could think to do would be just to climb a tree if I could do that, if it was possible to get up in the tree fast enough. But you really don't realize how vulnerable you are without a when you're out there without a weapon. And uh, you live and learn. So next time, I will be taking some type of protection out there with me. It was good to see that uh, the friends that I did get to see... It's always good to have friends. It's always good to have loyal friends. I heard somebody say one time that you could count your true friends on one hand if you cut off three fingers. And if you think about that, it's so true. And that analogy is basically trying to tell us that it's hard to find true friends. Now, I feel very blessed in this world because I can think 
honestly, I can think of five or six people in my head that I consider friends that I could call at any time and they would be there. They would be there to help me and they would be there for me. But do you know out of everything what means the most to me? Do you want to know what keeps you, my friend, for the rest of my life and the rest of your life? If you want me as a friend forever, you know all you got to do to me. All you have to do is be loyal. Now, of course, there's all the basic stuff that comes with becoming a friend. I mean, there's being friendly. That's that's one thing. I think sometimes people forget to actually be friendly to their friends sometimes. And I'm telling you, you got to be careful with how you treat people that you call your friends. Don't just always think that because they're your buddy, you can always talk down to them and always talk bad around them and always use negative attitudes towards them. Because if you're not friendly with the people you're calling your friends, are you really being a friend to them? And eventually the people will stop wanting to be around you if you're not friendly. So yeah, friendly is, let's go with that as being a basic requirement for being a friend. Someone who is there for you, someone who cares about you, someone who wants to see you succeed. Those are the basic requirements of being a friend. But loyalty is my biggest one. And I look back at the friends that I've made, and it doesn't mean that you have to have been my friend long for me to consider you a friend. I can tell. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to really get to know you, but it's a pretty good indication of the type of person you are within the first year or two of our friendship. And there have been people in my life that I thought were my friends, but they wasn't. And loyalty just goes a long way. Uh, an example you might say, what is loyalty? Well, if there is someone that I do not like, and for good reason, and you are supposed to be my friend, you don't deliberately go hang out with that person just to be hanging out with them, just so you could go back and report back to me that you hung out with them and they're such a great person. Because you're thinking, well, when did you guys ever hang out? I mean, before. I could see if that if we were all were friends and you kept hanging out with a person if I didn't, but if you never hung out with them really before and all of a sudden now you are, that's just a little bit shady to me. And I have had people that I thought were my friends do that kind of stuff. And that stuff is it's just nothing but shady to me. Just take this advice from me. Don't call everybody your friend. Just because they're nice to you, just because they're... Uh, they like to hang out with you. Don't call them your friend. Be careful at who you call your friend. Seriously, be careful at who you call your friends because it's, it's sad when you think someone's your friend, but really they don't like you. They don't even like you. And you're thinking that you're friends. So don't call everybody your friend. You always should know who your friends are. But anyway, got off on that little tangent. Because I went camping, I unfortunately missed one of Lexington's biggest nights, and that's Big Blue Madness. That is the opening pep rally for the University of Kentucky men's basketball team. It was held on Friday at Rupp Arena. It always draws a crowd. It's amazing how many people show up to this pep rally. It's a sold-out arena, and people camp out for these tickets. They literally set up tent beside of the ticket booths just so they could be the first people to get tickets to this event. I uh, missed it, but I did get to catch the highlights on the um, internet and I saw 
what everybody pretty much watches Big Blue Madness for, and that's the introductions. The players come out, they dance to their little tune, their little musical tune that they chose to dance to, and then they wave to the crowd, and everybody goes crazy, and that's that. And then you typically watch for Matthew Mitchell's dance, which I don't know if he did any dancing this year. I haven't seen it. It's not come across my social media timeline yet. But I will say this. Over the last few years, there's been nothing like Big Blue Madness with Calipari there because Cal always brings it for Big Blue Madness, whether that's bringing in Drake, the biggest rap star on the planet today, or that's just knocking one out of the park for a speech for the fans. Cal always brings it. And this year, the production of the Big Blue Madness show was better. And I say that because they actually had more fan interaction involved in it. Before, we would just see the guys do some drills, maybe play around, play one-on-one against each other. But now we got to see some competition. We got to see a three-point shooting contest, the dunk contest, um, and just different activities that got the fans involved too. They could vote on who they thought did the best. They would have volunteers come out, meet the players, play with the players. And it it was a lot better, I think, for the fans, and it was easier for people uh, to sit through it. Cal is not a big fan of Big Blue Madness. It scares him to death. He has been known to speak out against Big Blue, Big Blue Madness, but he does it because he continues to let them still have Big Blue Madness because, let's face it, if Cal said we're not doing it anymore, we wouldn't do it anymore. That's up to the head coach. But Cal doesn't like it because, and you can understand, he doesn't like it because he's afraid someone's going to get hurt out there playing around. When you're in front of 25,000 people, your adrenaline's going, and you're going to want to make that dunk. You're going to want to make that layup. You're going to want to make the perfect pass, and you're going to do things like you would in a game because you're fueled by the people in the arena and you got all eyes on you. So you're going to put your body through some things that you typically wouldn't put your body through in practice because you got the fans watching you. You got all eyeballs on you. So you got that adrenaline going and you could potentially get hurt. You might nosedive for the ball when it's going out of bounds. No, you're not going to do that in practice, but you're going to do it in a game. And you're probably going to do it at Big Blue Madness because you got fans watching you and you're wanting to impress the fans. So I can understand why Cal doesn't like it, but it's good for the fans and uh, I think the players enjoy it too. All right, just some more trending news in Kentucky. Sears and Kmart are closing more stores. There are going to be uh, a Sears closing in Bowling Green and a Sears closing in Louisville. And I read here that there's only two Kmart locations located in Kentucky. That's all that's left is two. One is in Erlanger, and the other is in Somerset. I remember Sears. I remember Kmart. It used to be all over the place. It's amazing what the internet has done to these retail stores. Amazon is really putting people out of business because of the convenience. People can order stuff online, and if you have Amazon Prime, you can get it delivered to your door the next day. Sure, you got to wait a whole day to get it, and that's the only downfall to internet buying. But with the way things are going, they're going to make it so... They're going to make it instantly 
almost. Who knows? They'll probably come out with 3D printers that's going to print off the object with whatever you want online. I see it coming in the future. But I remember Kmart. I remember walking around those Kmart stores. It's sad that these that the new generation is not going to know what it's like to walk into a Kmart or walk into a Sears. The internet really, it's taken over. I mean, this semester, I'm not in the classroom one time. I'm teaching all online. Not one time do I step inside the classroom. It's an online format. But that's just the way things are going. Things are falling into the online format. Now, this next story makes me really excited because it has to do with sports betting here in the state of Kentucky. Now, you know that the Supreme Court made it legal for all 50 states to be able to do sports gambling, but it is up to each individual state's legislator to decide if they can bring gambling into that individual state. Of course, Kentucky is still not on board with sports gambling coming to the Commonwealth, but there are a lot of people that say that's stupid. It's a no-brainer. Says uh, Representative Al Gentry, Senator Julian Carroll also expressed strong support for bringing sports betting to Kentucky. Finally, I think Kentucky is getting serious with actually wanting to bring it to Kentucky. They have hired and put in several uh, amounts of dollars for lobbyists to come in and test the theories of sports gambling, what kind of impact it could have on our state. They have uh, told our state legislator to take into consider the competitive tax rates, the integrity of monetary systems, strong regulations, and the inclusion of mobile wagering. Now, we can't gamble right now in Kentucky on sports, but right now I have an app that I can go online and I can place my bets that way. Of course, there's fees that come with that app, and I understand, but that's the only thing I can do right now. I, it's not like I can walk up to a building and to a sports book and place bets in person and get my money instantly. I have to go through the online service, which I believe is through Las Vegas. So Nevada is getting that money, not Kentucky. And if Kentucky made it legal, all of my gambling money would go towards Kentucky and it would help the state that I live in. Betting is not a sucker's bet like the governor likes to call it. It's a smart piece to bring into Kentucky to help with our retirement, to help with our tax rates. It just makes sense for Kentucky to pass this. They're wanting to put this uh, to the legislator before the start of 2019, so it's going to be voted on very soon. So it is coming. They are going to vote, and they are going to try to have a decision made, hopefully by... um, 2019, and maybe in 2019, sports betting will be absolutely legal in Kentucky. I already know where they're going to put it at in Kentucky if it does come legal, right here in Lexington, right here at the Red Mile. This is five minutes down the road from me. Uh, It says here that the uh, Kentucky State Lottery has to be the ones to make the sports gambling legal. They have to regulate it because anything to do with gambling in Kentucky has to be regulated by our Kentucky Lottery Commission. So they're going to have to find a way to regulate it, but we'll leave that up to them. So uh, one thing that does make sports betting unique is that we don't have any professional sports here in this state. So there's going to be a lot of bets on UK uh, football, UK basketball, UK baseball. So college sports are going to be big 
here to bet on. Now, there's going to be people in this state. Uh, there's going to be people in this state bet on different games, but the popular bets coming out of Kentucky, I'll probably be on college sports because primarily the sports here in this state are just college sports. We have no professional ones. Come on, guys. The Supreme Court made it legal. So let's not have Kentucky be the last state to do something about this. We're falling behind. We have fallen behind in the union so far. I don't know what we're ranked as far as economy when it comes to our our states. But I bet Kentucky's in the bottom five. So we got to do something to dig ourselves back up from it. And sports betting is the way to do it. Now, speaking of sports betting, I told you on the last podcast that I am going to start giving away my picks of what I bet on on these games. I have bet 10 games. I am 8 for 10. So I'm considering myself a sports betting expert. Now, for this Saturday, which will be October the, let's see, October the 20th, that is this Saturday, I'm going to give you all my picks for college football, and then I'm going to give you my picks for the NFL on Sunday, October the 21st. I'm not going to give you no explanation why. I'm just going to tell you my picks. You pick them, get you some free, easy money. So go ahead, grab your paper, your pen, and write down these bets. All right. For Saturday, October the 20th, we're looking at college football. My picks for this Saturday will be the Kentucky Vanderbilt game. You will want to bet Kentucky minus 10.5. And then on Sunday, October the 21st, NFL, you will want to bet the Kansas City Chiefs Cincinnati Bengals game. And you will want to bet the under on that, which is 58.5. So you will want to bet the under on that. And let's just stop right there for this week. I'm going to give you two. Let's see if uh, those bets work out for you. Hey, and if they don't, we'll try it again next week. I'll tell you what. If I lose both bets, I'll quit doing this. I won't do it again. But for right now, go with those two bets and win you some free easy money. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you listening. You can follow Off the Cuff's Facebook page at facebook.com slash off the cuff with Adam Banks. Follow me on Twitter at AdamBanks88 or subscribe to Off the Cuff on iTunes to listen to us on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. You can listen to every episode there if you would like, but it's always easy to keep connected to us. Send me a message through the Facebook message button. Write me a comment on YouTube. I always respond to the listeners. Always. Feel free to write. I would love to hear from you and know that you're listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks. This is Off the Cuff. I will see you in the next episode. Walk it like I talk it. 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 Walk it like I talk it.